Hello, good morning, and welcome to NFL Only Better, and it is very much game on. We are heading towards Wild Card Weekend. The regular season is done. I hope the team that you support made the playoffs, much like John and not like Mike. Uh, we're going to run through all of the games. That's right, Mike. Don't give me that. Look, we all know you're a Patriots man. We are going yeah, to... Niners, the Niners seem to have done okay. Okay. The Niners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Flip-flopper. Um, we're going to go through all the games. Mike, I'm going to fire it over to you because we're going to just... Um, we're going to give an update on how we did last week with our uh, last week with our best bets and kind of a, a regular season review. This doesn't crown the winner, as we know, guys. The winner is There's on the Super Bowl. There's plenty of weeks to go, yeah. There's weeks work. to go. Yeah. And yeah. it's tight, isn't it, Mike? Oh, take it away. It, it, is, it is tight, and the standings were unchanged before last week since you refused to participate in picking on the week we weren't on air. <laughs> and, and I was... I was sitting there, ooh, ooh, I've got so many good best bets, <laughs> which included Cleveland. John could have taken Cleveland. I still had that so all set to go. But anyway, uh, the way it stands now, it's still a uh, NFC style, NFC South style uh, contest, uh, although we've improved a bit. Um, <laughs> Are we the worst division of football? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's super wild card weekend. Um, John John had uh, in Miami to go under 49-5, which they did very easily um, at 21-14. So he's now 9-8 and eight on the season. Well done, John. Uh, Winning had record. Green, had Green, Green Bay uh, to um, to win over Chicago by three. Or, Never and they did by six, 17 9. So, so Kieran is now nine, seven, and one, half a game ahead of John. And I had in an Indy to go under 47 5, which they also did by 5, 23 19. So I'm 10 and seven, half a game ahead of Kieran, one game ahead of John. Oh, it's so totally funny. And you know what I think is good is that there was a point in the season where we, at the start of the season, we didn't get off to a flying start, but we've actually all come hot. At the end, so we're all up for coach of the year and kept our jobs because <laughs> we had that crucial run came late and not early. Um, so we're we're flying, guys. Well, let's hold off on that and for with a couple more weeks to go. Let's not get too too ahead of ourselves oh, yes, here. We can't go too badly downhill. Yeah. Three three weeks ago, and just remember that yeah, p- playing the spoiler doesn't save your job, as Mike Rabel discovered. <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose before they we knock, do the games... They knocked Jacksonville to the playoffs, as, and I, I picked that game correctly, too, because I figured he'd be a spoiler, and it didn't. he's gone anyway. Yeah, that one was a bit harsh, um, although they're, they're all saying that it's like everyone's lovey-dovey. We all still love each other. Um, before we get to the one, two, three, four, five, six games taking place this weekend, um, any any of the coaching uh, stuff catch your eye, Mike? Anything that, that, that uh, you were surprised by? Was Vrabel the big surprise? I wasn't, it wasn't a huge surprise. It had been talked about, but I, you know, the interesting thing with Vrabel is the first four years they got, they had two nine and seven years. They got to the playoffs, the second one. Then he was 11 and five, and then he was 12 and five. Uh, now they, they didn't obviously get all in the playoffs, but it was steady improvement. Then they traded A.J. Brown, and he's, um, he had, excuse me, 11 wins last year and six this year. Um, Jobinson got fired, AJ Brown, basically the general manager. But I'm not sure that, you know, that it wasn't partly a Rabel decision as well. Um, and there's a lot open up for him. I mean, there's not that many head coaching jobs available, but he could be a good contender for a number of them. And the one that everyone's linking him with 
is one that hasn't opened up New England. Um, although that, you know, if Bill Belichick were to go, there would be, if they don't give Jared Mayo a head coaching job, he's going to get one somewhere else eventually. Um, and if they don't, if they did in a situation, I think he would do a Brian Flores and go somewhere else. Um, Steve Belichick, the other co-defensive coordinator, I don't know what happened. If Mayo goes, he could stay as D.C. under Vrabel. Um, but, you know, defense wasn't the problem. I'm not sure Vrabel's the solution to them. I mean, if they get rid of Bill or if they keep Bill and they want to bring in people under him, they've got to be different people, you know, side the Patriot yeah. kind of umbrella. Yeah. Um, well, look, if he goes, we, we, we'll talk about that. Obviously not been announced yet. John, I know you uh, found the New Orleans Saints, James Winston, you know, cheeky, cheeky stuff. Uh, uh, kind of funny. Yeah. Was, uh, Jamal Williams was the guy who put it in. Yeah, so for the, for those who, are, who were watching, the, the Saints were destroying the Falcons. I can't actually even remember what the score was. It was in the 40s, at least, anyway, at that point. 41-17. There you go. Yeah. So and they had lined up you know, seconds to go on the clock, they lined up a victory formation inside the five-yard line and they kind of ran it through and the, the Falcons weren't expecting anything and basically didn't put up a defense. And then Arthur Smith basically runs onto the field and confronts uh, the uh, Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, about it and then gets fired promptly like an hour and a half later. So um, I'm not sure exactly how combined those two factors were. I'm sure the results had something to do with it as well. But, you know... <clears throat> That that's a lot of stuff has kind of been said about that in the media in the last day or two. One primarily, well, one factor coming out is that apparently Dennis Allen did instruct the guys to just take a knee and and wind out the clock, but the players kind of went rogue and got a touchdown for Jamal Williams, who hadn't scored yet this season, despite being last season's you know record uh, touchdowns were for the Lions. So I don't know. How do you look at that? Do you look at the, the Saints, you know, disregarding a coach's play call, which doesn't sound great? It's kind of disrespectful to the other team. I can kind of see why Arthur Smith was a bit pissed off, but. I think there was there was more to it than just that. Like I'm sure he knew he was on the hot seat, and I'm sure he knew he was basically out of the job by the end of the night. So it was a strange one, all things considered. But you know, it all it, a lot of it comes down to the fact that like, listen, we're going to make a play. It's up to you to stop us. And that's I think that's the main point about it, all of it. You know? Yeah, I agree. I with you. I mean, lining up in the victory formation, and then you know, right? So in effect, it becomes a trick, trick, trick raiding play. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, I, I have no problem with them going for the touchdown in that in that situation. But I mean, um, Dennis Allen's gonna be really surprised when Jameis Winston is hired as the next coach of the Falcons. <laughs> I actually thought the Falcons would win that game. Um, but anyway, that shows yeah, what I know. I <laughs> Uh, you didn't. Um, okay, let's let's get on to the games. It's it's a fantastic wildcard weekend. Of course, there will be an offer on the sportsbook bet five on uh, bet builders. Get a free bet. Uh, check the terms and conditions for that. Huge games. Uh, Saturday night into Saturday, kind of late night. Sunday into Monday, sort of morning and Monday night football. So like, it's 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 really it's it's one of the best weekends, and with no red zone, and you know yeah. it's going to get less and less games here, people. So we have to just enjoy. This beautiful weekend that has been sent to us. And it starts with the Browns. Cleveland Browns head to Houston to face the Texans. 7-10 to 10 about the Browns. Uh, the Texans are 23-20. to 20, 20 even. 2.5 is the spread in favour of the Browns. And 44.5 is the over-under. Um, John, I'll go to you first, I suppose, as our kind of Cleveland Browns. Uh, we didn't know where you would go. It turns out you are heading into the heart of Texas. 
Yeah, it could have been that one went down to the wire. It could have been the Jags. It could have been basically any of the teams in, the, in that division. All of whom, though, interestingly, the Browns have played uh, so far this season and uh, have beaten all of the teams in that division, including the Texans, who they beat on, was it Christmas Eve? Yeah, I think it was Christmas Eve. They beat them by 36 to 22. Um, interesting game, this one. Browns being favorites on the road against division winners shows how much faith I think the odd makers have in this sort of like mini revolution led by Joe Flacco in, in, in Cleveland. Um, like I said, they've already won there this year, but the key point to say about that game, and they won handsomely, but the key point to say about that game was that was Davis Mills playing and not, not CJ Stroud, who, you know, we've spoken at, at length, or spoken about at length, I should say, on the show. CJ, we're, we're, I think we're all big fans of CJ Stroud. He's been the, um, not just the best rookie quarterback in the league, but he's been, in my opinion, like a top five, top seven quarterback, full stop. So, this is an interesting game. I think the key factor to this one is potentially the home advantage for the Texans because the Browns have one of the best home records in the NFL. They went 8-1 and one at home this year, but they went just 3-5 and five on the road. So that presents warning signs, I think, um, for this Cleveland team. Like, even, you know, they've got a league-leading defense or a minimum a top-three defense, most to a degree. But that even still, those metrics don't perform quite as well and those, those star players don't perform quite as well away from home. But... You know, all bets are kind of off a little bit in the playoffs. You know, the Browns would have been focused on this game for, for quite a long time, even if they didn't know who their opponent would be. I think they were pretty certain for the last month or so they were going to make the postseason. So I think this one is uh, this one is almost a coin flip, in my opinion. I would lean towards the Browns in this one, but that away form kind of worries me a little bit. So I think that the um, what I'd be probably most confident in is hitting the over 44.5. I think... This Flacco um, offense has been putting up some serious numbers. If he can keep that trajectory going, he's thrown for over 300 yards pretty much every game. I think he's getting at least two touchdowns in most games as well. So if that if that keeps up, I can see Browns taking a lead and then the Texans rallying. And this game will probably be decided in the fourth quarter, I would say. But I think there'll be more points than 44 and a half. How were they on the road with Flacco at quarterback? Do you know that? Kind of awesome. uh, I think they played three. They went forward. They've gone four and one under Flacco, and he lost his first game, so he's won four straight. Um, mm-hmm. But I think most of those were, were home games. But still, it's a lot, the, the point being that a lot of the away defeats that the Browns suffered were, you know, PJ Walker and were Dorian Thompson Robinson. So there is that to contend with as well. They're a, they're a much more functional team with Joe Flacco playing quarterback for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you yeah, know, like the other things. What I was going to say is that the big thing there, I suppose, for Flacco is that stadium will be all right for him in terms of like he's not going to Green Bay or Chicago or Kansas and it's going to be minus 10 degrees. He's not the youngest guy in the world. Like if you're going to go away, Texas is all right to go to. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting and and probably the key to the, the key as in most playoff games is defense. And it's going to be how C.J. Stroud reacts to what will be a very aggressive Cleveland pass, which I think, um, and how Flacco reacts, or or even better expressed, how D'Amico runs game plans for Flacco. Um, you know, the one advantage you have with him is that you know he's not going to run much. Uh, he's pretty much a pocket passer. Um, they're going to look um, – Cleveland is going to look to run the ball as much as they can um, – with Kareem and Jerome Ford, but Houston has been pretty tough to run in the last in the last part of, of the season, and 
I was looking at the like anytime touchdown score because one one thing we should keep in mind, you know, is that this the specials, the individual bets and things are all in play now. Um, you you can can get them easily on any any of the six games, you know, and and looking at like Nico Collins and Devin Singletary and Amari Cooper to to score a touchdown anytime are are pretty good bets, I think, um, and. In this game, the most interesting one um, to me, if you go to the uh, player sub subheader in, in that kind of thing, you can get um, Joe Flacco over under 275 passing yards. Even though I could have agreed that the over the unders the over sorry as as John said is tempting here, I, I think the yards under might be a might be a good bet. Okay. All right, um, and then just just flat. Who's going to win it? John Cleveland, yes, thumbs up. My, my uh, yeah, I, I think Cleveland will win. I think they are a better team, but like I said, the road thing concerns me slightly. But I'd, I'd favor Cleveland. Mike, yeah, this, this is coach of the year battle, so I'm going to go with Houston. I think. <laughs> oh, not with any, not with any huge confidence. More, more okay. just to give Don a talking point next week. Right. Well, <laughs> well thanks, look, here's Mike. what I'm going to do. That. I'm going to do a little ACA, so I'm going to put Cleveland in it for now, and we'll see what the price. I can move Houston later. I'm just going no, to no, see no, keep Cleveland in there. Okay. I'm, I'm fine okay. with that. I'm fine with that. Um, at a quarter past one in the morning, the Miami Dolphins head to the Kansas City Chiefs in what undoubtedly will be the game of the weekend. 13 to 8 about the Dolphins. Uh, 1 to 2, the Kansas City Chiefs. Four points of spread. 44.5 is the over-under. Um, Mike, I'll, I'll go to you first on, on this one. I guess so much to think about here. The, Miami not used to playing in this kind of Kansas weather. They've decided again to put Kansas on late. So it's going to be absolutely Baltic. Um, Miami during the mid-season preview were the team that I picked to win the Super Bowl. Since then, they've looked shaky at times, but Kansas have looked really shaky. Um, who you got? It's, it's it becomes a really tough one, and. I, I was surprised Miami it's gone up from three and a half to four. Um, but the over under on this is the same as the Cleveland Houston game. And that's gone up from 43 and a half to 44 and a half. I was a little surprised on that. And I think what everybody's looking at is the weather conditions first and um, the result in Frankfurt, which the chiefs won 21, 14, but was basically an even game. The chiefs won the first half, the Dolphins won the second half. And the difference was a late fumble recovery. And at the end of the first half, that gave the chiefs a 21, nothing lead. Um, I think, I think on the basis of ground game, you might like Miami, but on the road, they have not been impressive. And, the row the ground game can be neutralized by a, a front four and Kansas City's is not the best but it does have Chris Jones in the middle there um and I suspect that their game plan is going to be to disrupt that running game as much as possible um I haven't seen I haven't seen a a reliable report on whether or not Waddle plays but I I think it's unlikely at this point. I'm not sure that. But Waddle, Waddle's addition makes a huge difference for Miami. But I think I'm going to go with the home team in this. Okay. Uh, John, It's this is, this is the game of the weekend. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for us here that it is 
so late, late. Yeah. but I mean, it's it's Saturday night, and what else have you got to do in January? Exactly. Well, that's true. That's very true, Kieran. And like, it's it's interesting as well. Just like the previous game we discussed, this is sort of this is a rematch as well as as Mike mentioned the Frankfurt game, which was won by um, the uh, the Chiefs in Germany. But this is, I guess, I can really kind of echo Mike's point here. Is like that the um, you know. The headlines in this game are obviously the point scoring potential of both teams, particularly with Tyree Kill going back to Kansas City as well. That's like a nice little subplot that's bubbling over as well. But as Mike said, I think that the uh, the run game might be the key factor in this one. The Chiefs have had a, some problems stopping the run this year. And even in that last game that they played over in Germany, the Dolphins were, they hit uh, 5.6 yards per carry. So you know, they would have had intentions to, uh, clearly, I mean, this goes without saying, but they would have had intentions to stop them there too, but they still gave up 5.6 yards per carry. So that suggests that there is, even despite what the Chiefs might try and put up and might try and, you know, front up to try and stop that, the Dolphins very much have the potential to uh, to to poke some holes in that defense. And also, therefore, you know, logic dictates that would open up some some avenues for Tua to hit some balls out to, to Tyreek Hill and like Mike says Waddle if he plays also so I think you know it's going to be a cold night in Kansas City as as you said as well Kieran but I think there's a lot of potential here for the Florida team to pull off an upset to add kind of a sour note to what is Patrick Holmes' statistical worst season of his career and I think the Dolphins getting three and a half points here even on the road is, is pretty good value I mean I'm, that's what I'm leaning towards at the moment, I don't necessarily think this will be a massive points fest, which is sort of reflected in the relatively small over under forty four, because you know compared to some other ones that we're seeing up in the fifties. But uh, yeah, I'm, right now I'm leaning towards towards the Dolphins in this one, but that is dependent upon them getting the run game going. If they can't get that functioning, Chiefs win at home. I'd say pretty easy. Okay, all right. Yeah, you may you may have convinced me. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Right. Well, for, for, um, for, I'm looking for, at I'm, I'm looking at the Chiefs' injury report right now, and Waddle and Mostert are both were both limited, and McDaniel's he was optimistic that both would play. Right. Okay. That's well, interesting. Mm. Mostert would be a big addition anyway if he plays. I'm going to throw Miami then into the Aka. I'm happy with that. Are you happy with that, Mike? Yeah, I can live with that with okay. the with the four points. Yeah. With the four, yeah, 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 yeah. Not flat. Let's do not flat. Take them out. Um, the six o'clock game sees the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, they did it again. They're in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, take on the Buffalo Bills, who just about snuck in, really. It is, as you would expect, the biggest spread of the night, which is 10 points. It's quite large. 36.5 is the over-under. So, um, Mike, the Steelers... Like the Green Bay Packers are three to one, shall we say? Um, but the Steelers are the biggest price of the weekend at four to one. Uh, got themselves back in the playoffs again. But I guess the only worry about a double figure spread like this, which would always give me a bit of a chill, is like which kind of Bills team turn up? Mm-hmm. That it's hard. It's it's been hard to predict, and and even in the last couple of games, you know, I mean, they they're on a winning streak. But the truth is they haven't won that impressively in most of those games, which which is a secondary factor. But when you start playing teams with good defenses, especially, you know, New England held them uh, two weeks ago really well. And if they if they had even as much offense as Pittsburgh does, it might have been a different it might have been a different story. Um, What I find really frightening in this, if you're if you're backing Buffalo, 
um, is that with the over under at 36 and the spread at 10. Yeah, I was thinking this too. You know, you're that that says that that not only is it going to be a low scoring game, but Buffalo has to dominate a low scoring game. And I find that one hard to believe. If it's a low scoring game, Buffalo, you know, 10 and Pittsburgh sound to me like a good bet. Um, you know, if you think it's going to be more high scoring than that, then you would probably take Buffalo even giving the points. But, uh, you know, 36 5, I'm over on that one. Okay, yeah, the over barring uh, barring, bar, barring a snowstorm or anything like that in, mm -hmm. in Buffalo. Well, Which we can't rule out, obviously. You yeah. can't rule that out. I have to say that I did a bit of a bet on um, Saturday night, and I included the Pittsburgh Steelers game in it, and the over-under was like 35, 36 as well. But I actually didn't realize it was snowing in it, um, mm -hmm. which if I had seen earlier, yeah. um, it might have changed how I did it, because I went for Pittsburgh minus three against the Ravens, and I think over... 30-something points that just missed. But if I'd seen the blasted snow, I would have changed it. Mm. Um, John, nobody seems to be giving Pittsburgh too much of a chance in this game. Are you, really? Uh, you're not going to find one here anyway. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, you know, simply put, I'll sort of eat my hat, I think, if the Steelers pull off a win here on the road in, against the Buffalo Bills, who are... I agree with Mike that they're, like, they're, they're playing... They're getting the results. They're, playing, they're certainly playing better than they were at a previous stage of the season. They've sort of pulled themselves together a little bit or a lot i should say um but i mean in, you know if they were playing a more difficult or if they were hosting a team that was a bit better than the pittsburgh steeders i might have more concerns but this is a buffalo bills win it's just a matter of how that interacts with the the point spread and the over under and then and things like this particularly given the news yesterday that i mean we suspected it after what happened last weekend but tj watt who is by far the steeders best player isn't playing and that could you know they're not going to win without him. Let's be. He was the. He would have been the person to to potentially take the game by the scruff of the neck and get them over the line uh, from a defensive standpoint. But yeah, without that, I think this this Steelers team is overmatched pretty much all across the board. And uh, I think I kind of think that the Bills can win by more than ten. And I also think the over under will be over. It's thirty six five now. It's gone up by a point yesterday. So I think it's kind of a take your pick from those two. I think it's Bills win, and I think they hit all the targets too. Okay. Yeah. Well, so the over-under over -under started at the 8-5, and then everybody poured in and went down, um, and oh, then yeah. it started to come back up. Weather in Buffalo is snow, and we're in the afternoon, so probably 25 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about minus 4, I think, 5 mm. um, Celsius. Are we still going over on that then, with that news? Um, it's I interesting. Probably, yeah. Okay, Buffalo maybe I'd be, I, I might lean more towards the Steelers. Two teams that are used to, you know. Okay, yeah. It's not huge wind, you know. Yeah. I think it, it, it might be okay. And Pittsburgh, remember, is a running team, and bad weather helps running teams. It helps the run game, it helps running teams because when the service is bad, the runner knows where he's going and the defender doesn't. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. Well, we go with the over on that one. Um, half nine game on Sunday, as you would expect, is everyone's favorite, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Hosting the Green Bay Packers, three to one about the Packers. The Cowboys are one to four. 7.5 is the spread. 50.5 is the over-under. Yes, 50.5 is the over-under. Um, Johnny B, 
we have been here before with the Dallas Cowboys where you're like, this is a good, good team. They're going to go far. Really looking forward to this. You know, it's good. And they're out. Is this going to happen again? <laughs> um, probably this season, but maybe not in this game, I think is the answer. Um, you know, Dallas, Dallas team has gone 8-0. They're unbeaten at home this year. And I don't really suspect that'll change against the Packers team who you know, would probably count themselves as fortunate to be in the postseason. If things had, you know, zagged instead of zigged, they might not be here. But, you know, Jordan Love got them over the line towards the end. And I think he's shown lately that, you know, while he's not necessarily an elite quarterback, he's at least starting caliber in this league. And uh, he's he's shown that he can win some games. So they're, it, they'll be in the game, I suppose. But And I just don't see Mike McCarthy losing at home to his former team after being so dominant at home so far this season. And I think that's kind of reflected in the in the things as well. Packers get it's still seven and a half points, Kieran. Is that what you said? For, it uh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the odds reflect kind of really what's going to happen in this game. I think the, the Cowboys will just have too much for them. The over-under being 15 and a half is the biggest of the week. I think that's a big number as well. I think that can be cracked. I have optimism that that can be that can be that can be done. But this is a game with two good offenses and some shaky defenses. So I mean that points to a lot of, or that, that leads to a lot of points in a high stakes playoff game, I think. But yeah, I'm I'm big into the Cowboys in this one. I don't really think the Packers have much of a chance. Yeah, just quickly, Mike, before you come in yeah, there, fifty one point five is Rams at yeah. Lions, so that's a little bit higher than that. And of course, Mike, this is the Mike McCarthy Derby that we all wanted. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think enough has been made of that. Not that it's important or anything, but everyone goes crazy on the Matt Stafford and Jared Goff mm-hmm. matchup. And not not too many people have been, you know, just mentioning this this kind of desire Mike McCarthy will have to not to not not only to not lose, but I think to put on a bit of a show that you know he was he was a good offensive coordinator as well, or or that you know he was right to feud with Aaron Rodgers and get out of town, mm-hmm. or, you know, what whatever. Um, I agree with on every facet of that. Um, I'm almost tempted to take Dallas and give Green Bay seven and a half, um, you know, allowing for the fact that you know, that extra half is is kind of crucial there. And I'm I'm kind of under on this one, um, but not with any great not with any great enthusiasm. Uh, I think this one's probably more breakable than the uh, fifty one and a half in the next Ooh. game we'll talk about. Okay, well that leaves it very difficult for me to know what I'm going to put in there because. Um... You kind of disagreed with each other, so I will be the tiebreaker, and I will go. Uh, I'll, I'll give Green Bay seven and a half, with with the caveat that that extra little half, you know, makes you know if Packers were to lose you, you by seven, you've got the, won the bet. So you yeah, understand kind of, that I, I really thought that would draw up. You know, I thought that when it went, I thought money would come in on Green Bay with seven and a half, but the fact. That it's still seven and a half on Wednesday. Mm. You think that that people are, are afraid, you know, are, are afraid to back the Packers there. I think the bookies may have it right on this case. In this case, mm, okay. Uh, as you mentioned, it's Matt Stafford uh, returning in the uh, Sunday Night Football. Which Don't you mean it's Jared Goff returning? <laughs> <laughs> we we did mention this a couple of weeks ago how this could happen. It just felt like it was destined to happen. A couple of things in the playoffs, and this was definitely always going to be on. It's the Rams at the Lions, 11 to 8 about the Rams. The Lions are 6 to 10. Three points is the spread, 9 to 10. Um, 
51.5 is huge. John, I'll go to you first. The big one about this, right, is that the Lions have got a lot of credit this year for how they play and the bravery and the head coach and, and everything. But there's an argument to me that the Rams have been like one of the comeback teams of the year. Like, I mean, oh, absolutely, yeah. He's rebuilt this team. He's brought in like they have some quality players. The Rams now, uh, they got a great coach, um, and it would be a massive surprise if they walked into the Lions, who like what, what is their playoff history of the last sixty years? It ain't great, yeah, exactly. I think it'd be a massive surprise if they walked in and did them. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really favoring the the Rams in this particular one, like. Let's be honest, this game is entirely set up for Matt Stafford to come back to Detroit and just break their hearts uh, after their best season in recent memory, you know? The Lions have been, to their immense credit, have been one of the most fun teams in the NFL this year. I've loved watching, you know, Sam Laporta. He's been great fun. The receivers have been great. Like even even Jared Goff has just been playing really, really well. They're a well-coached team. They're a well-run unit. So they're going to have some some sunny days in the in the next couple of, a couple of years, that's for sure. But I think... I think their season ends uh, this weekend, unfortunately for them. They, I, I can just see Stafford and especially you know players like Pukunakua, who's been the best non-quarterback rookie in the league this year. I can see them poking a lot of holes in this defense. The Rams have stepped up as, I think, legit dark horses to win the entire thing, uh, given how they played in the second half or the second or the third third, I should even say, of the season. And uh, I think that's kind of, I think we'll actually be spending a lot of time talking about that next week, about how the Rams might might win the whole thing. Like I said, the the Lions of Dan Campbell should be immensely proud of their efforts, but I think they've got they've got some defensive deficiencies, particularly in the secondary, and I think that's where Stafford and the Kua and even Cooper Cup, who's not gone yet, I think that's where they'll shine. So I think uh, I think the Rams take this by a touchdown. So you know, Rams, yeah, with the handicap looks pretty good to me. When you put it that way, it's hard <laughs> it's hard to argue with the the thing the thing that makes me hesitate about the Lions the most is that McVay will have a very good idea of where Goff's shortcomings are. Not that it's a secret, mm. because we all know, you know, you got you have to keep Goff. Goff wants to be in the pocket. You have to make that pocket messy uh, for him, and then you will get some mistakes. And, you know, the funny part is that Stafford is a little bit on that side of the spectrum as well nowadays. Um, so Rush becomes really important for for both teams and i think where john was right about the secondary also in the linebacking spots that the lions are are a bit weaker but overall defensively they've had some really good rookie performances on the rams um but i still think that they're vulnerable and the only the thing that swung me to the rams in the end is laporta not being there for the for the lions um which I don't think he will be. And that takes away a massive weapon in the middle of the field and the um for them. And uh so yeah, I, I think I would take Rams getting three. Um seems like an okay bet. Okay. I'm gonna put Rams plus three. That's interesting. I, you know what I might do, John? I might, just for you, just for you. What? I might just check the Rams are two in the Super Bowl. They're <laughs> forty to one. Forty to one. I mean, that's there's some value in that for sure. That's my prediction. Like, if what I think happens does actually happen, you won't be getting forty to one next week. I'll tell you that much. Ooh, there we go, people. Uh, just on that, the Super Bowl winner, uh, the San Francisco 49ers are the current favorites at two to one. The Baltimore Ravens are three to one. The Buffalo Bills are six to one. 
15 to 2 about the Dallas Cowboys. The Kansas City Chiefs are 10s. The Dolphins are 16s. The Eagles, who we're about to talk about, are 16 to 1. The Detroit Lions are 20s, 25s about the Browns, 40s the Rams. And then you get into the big boys, 66 Texans, 80s pa- uh, Bucks, 80s Packers, and 100 to 1 about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, final game, guys, is the Philadelphia Eagles, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it is 8 to 13 about the Eagles. The Bucks are 13 to 10, three points spread, 43.5 is the over under. Um, let me just imagine six weeks ago, I was out having a few beers with some friends, and someone went to grab something and a bottle fell on my head, and I was knocked out. And I've only woke up today. And the first thing I've done is check the betting on the uh, Eagles books game. And I've seen that it's a three point spread. And I'm thinking, what the hell has happened in the last six weeks? I love that that was the first thing you do after being essentially in a coma for six weeks. But still. <laughs> but Kieran, you're dedicated to NFL betting, and we all appreciate that about you. It's what I did. It's the first thing I did. It's the first thing I, did, as I asked. I reached across to the nurse and said, get me the sports book. Um, <laughs> what is happening? I mean, who wants to take this? Uh, what is happening at Philly? Um, why are they falling apart when it matters the most? Mike? To me, yeah, to me, it's mostly a, it's mostly a case of, of their defense which looks tired up front. They're not getting enough pass rush and they're very creaky by injury in fairness in the, in the back, in the back, uh, the back seven. Um, or, and I think the combination of those things makes them very vulnerable. Um, they're not really designed too well to be a come from behind team. But their offense, I don't think, is the problem as much as much as that defense. Now, the good news for them is that Tampa aren't really built to exploit that defense. They don't run the ball very well, um, and Baker play, you know, has played with a lot of heart, and he benefits from having Mike Williams and and Chris Godwin to throw to. And you know, so the big question is, do you think that Philadelphia can keep Williams, Mike Evans, excuse me? Um, and Godwin under under wraps if if they can keep them at, at normal kind of levels and not you know ten catch hundred yard games three TDs or whatever for for Evans they should be able to win this one even on the road but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenge and and you know and and I think um, Todd Bowles is gonna mat them defensively as well uh, so I, I think it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting game and it's, it's really a hard one to call and if I would go with Tampa if they were getting more than the three, I th- but I think I'll still stick with Philadelphia without any confidence. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this stayed under 43. Okay. Yeah, I mean, John, it's always hard to talk about flame, former Flames and ex-girlfriends and ex-boyfriends in this case, but Baker uh, Mayfield has, you know, he's done pretty well for a guy that like got kicked out of the Browns, went to the Panthers and sucked got us. kicked out of there, yeah. Um, and now is turned up at Tampa and, and like brought them to the playoffs. He's had his best season statistically. He had two, <clears throat> excuse me, he had two good seasons at the Browns, particularly one of them which he brought to brought them to the playoffs. But he's even playing better now than he did in that season, which was the Browns' best season in decades at the time. But um, I think the what's interesting, so interesting about this game is you know we all talk about the Eagles, uh, but there's not a lot of focus on on, on the Bucks in this game, despite 
being at home to a to an Eagles team who have really been stuttering. Like we've like you've said at the top there, Kieran, they've lost five of their last six. But those they've been even before that kind of run of defeats, which they were unbeaten up until that point, as as we'll recall. But they had been stuttering for a few weeks, even up until that point. They just kind of got got over the line in a few of the games before that. And you'll recall that like even when they were still unbeaten, I was picking them to lose a couple of games that they ended up losing, in fact, uh, just because they just didn't seem like a fully functioning unit at the time. And I think that's going to come to pass. So they're coming into this game in pretty poor form. There's The rhythm is stuttering. There's no momentum there. I think of all the big teams that are, you know, I think most of us would classify Philly as a big team, particularly mid-season and in our season preview, they would have been among the favorites to win the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And they, maybe, maybe they still are. But... I, I think they, there's a spot like a lot of teams would have liked to welcome the this Eagles team to their home stadium in a postseason playoff game, and and that's the that through the luck of the draw, that's what the Buccaneers have got. So there's a tremendous opportunity for them here, I think, particularly if Baker can just keep this going for a couple of more games, they can they might be able to go pretty deep into this. So I think you know the, the Eagles only being two point five point favorites or yeah two point five point favorites in this game says a lot about how they have fallen and uh, i would have liked it that was a little bit higher i would have liked if they had like you know it's three now oh it's three excuse me well even it's going up i suppose but i think that there's a there's a real opportunity here for uh for tampa to to pull this game to pull this off you know particularly at home but yeah i'm i'm just looking at the facts and figures i'm leaning towards the buccaneers in this one but it's hard to discount this eagles team if they pull it together they're a better team man man to man than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are so I think this can go either way but I think maybe the optimist in me or the person who follows an underdog is going for going for Tampa here so maybe I'll just go for the over under on this one I'll, I'll I'll go to the to the over and just uh hopefully that the Buccaneers pull it off I'd like to see that happen okay well I'm in our little ACA then I'm going to put uh Tampa plus three yeah I wouldn't be against that okay this is a push there yeah there we go um and of course, Baker Mayfield's first home playoff game. No? Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a good comparison to make kind of with, with Tampa and Baker Mayfield as being a lot like Seattle with um, Gino. Gino last year, you know, my, with Mike Williams, Mike Evans as, D, as DK Metcalf and, and Chris yeah. Godwin as Tyler Lockett. You know, um, it's it's almost they have the same offensive coordinator, obviously. Um, but, um, you you can really see the way they take advantage of those two individuals. Um, you know, and of course, defensively, they're always going to be Bowles is always going to have them be a good defensive team, and they do have some really good defensive players. I thought Antoine Winfield was probably the most outstanding uh, snub from the Pro Bowl. Uh, he's had a great season as, at safety uh, for them. And I love Vita. Um, he has had a quiet kind of year for him, but um, I still think he's a really great player. Okay, I think uh, the last, before we jump in, before we go to that, I think that the the one thing to look at in this game, if you just divorce yourself from who the teams are, it's the fact that, like we've said, Eagles have lost five of six. And I think the Buccaneers have won five of seven, if that's off the top of my head, but it's something similar to that anyway. And they're at home. So there's a huge advantage here for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or a huge opportunity, I should say, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to to pull off what would have been earlier in the season a huge upset, but what is now realistically just a, oh, that's surprising, but they're through, you know. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Araka is, well, it's been hotly debated. 
many terms and conditions apply on this one, but uh, it is the <laughs> Cleveland Browns to beat the Houston Texans. It's the Miami Dolphins plus four against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the over 36.5 in the Steelers-Bills game. It is Green Bay Packers getting seven and a half points at Dallas. It is the LA Rams getting three points at the Lions. And it is Tampa Bay Buccaneers also getting three points at home to the Philadelphia Eagle. That sixfold is a 42.09, which means if you stick 10 on it, you will get 420.94 back. Pounds, euros, wherever you are, that is what you will get back. So it's um, it's a lock. Um, (laughs) let us talk about our best bets Um, John I'll let you go first because you are the second best looking well thanks Kieran I appreciate that Um, let's see I hadn't really thought about this yet I was going to freestyle I like that because it makes makes me the best looking well of course you're the best looking Mike (laughs) you're tall dark and handsome I thought you were assuming you were talking about the three of us right the three, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the three of us that are currently in this pod. Mike, do you actually have your best bet? Because John looks like his yeah. Mike, if you got one, Mike, go ahead, go ahead. No, um, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid over 36 and a half yards receiving for Buffalo. <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. It's about time we did some props. People give out we don't do props. We don't do props because they're not priced up. But here we go, love there it. You go. Yeah, Dalton, well, that's what, what I pointed that out at the top of the at the top of the show. It, it's a it's a treasure trove. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll probably go to the same game. Um, sorry, Kieran, remind me of the over under in the Steelers Bills game. <clears throat> is it 35 uh, 5 or is it 36 and a half? Yeah. I think we're going to hit the over yeah. in that one. Okay. And my best bet is in the Miami Dolphins Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, and I'm going to go for uh, Travis Kelsey at 6 to 5, anytime touchdown score in front of T Swift. Um, they're just going to want to get him the ball. I think they're I think they're contractually obliged to get Kelsey the ball these days. The NFL are like, you make sure that we yeah. can get Taylor Swift on screen as much as possible. <laughs> so I keep an eye. I actually don't know what his over yardage is, but uh, I mean, he'll be raging because he didn't get on to like get his yards. Or, it was like 56 and a half, I think. Well, not in the la- is that in this game, though? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Travis Kelsey receiving yards, fifty nine point five. Yeah, I'd probably go over on that. Yeah, six, 60, 70 yards. I'd say seventy, seventy five yards in the toady for Travis. I love, I love those bets. You know, anytime touchdown is also is so a good one. You know, it's um, you you start thinking about team strategies and how games will play out. Um, I think Josh Allen was actually odds on it. And, Anytime touchdown, like ten to eleven, or something like that. But you think anytime they get near the goal line, Josh Allen just his arms out, puts his arms yeah. out, Jeff. Yeah, uh, and very early Taylor, on. I, Taylor Swift. Is there an over under on Taylor Swift times uh, shown on the broadcast? There is not. No, but obviously, like if she was to get to the Super Bowl, um, that would happen. You know what I found out the other day? Side note: I was talking to. Um, the guy who does all the stuff for FanDuel, who are part of the family here, of course. And I was talking about the novelty bets in the NFL, and he said that actually those novelty bets uh, in the States, you can't back them. Um, So like um, a lot of stuff about the halftime show that we price up, they're not legally allowed back them. So they're only allowed back like coin toss and heads or tails. Um, 
and the Gatorade color, but even things that we would speak about and have a bit of fun with, like the length of the national anthem. You're not legally allowed back them in the States on hmm. people like FanDuel, etc. Um, because the licensing doesn't oh, allow I know they were available. I'm, I don't know when that would have happened. I can I can see a reason why because they would be easily manipulable. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. If, if you're singing the national anthem, and you just hold that last note for a while, looking, <laughs> yeah. looking at his watch. If you ever see him take the stopwatch out, yeah. you're holding the note. <laughs> you're like this mother. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse <Yeah>. me. <laughs> All right, um, you know the guy—the guy who mixes up the Gatorade—could go out and put a, you know, have some friends put a few thousand here and there on on color the Gatorades to be. Well, I won't say what happened, but I do know in my early days of working um, in bookmaking that um, um, a certain Irish bookmaker priced up what color tie um, a minister would do while he was reading a bill um, the uh, for the budget, and uh, a certain friend of mine who shall remain nameless father who will also remain nameless was driving said minister to the doll so <laughs> <laughs> we were we were we were clear on what color the tie was <laughs> that will end this week's episode of nfl only better i hope you enjoy super wildcard weekend dolphins kansas is probably the highlight do stay up for that we'll be back next week where the road to the super bowl will be even a little bit more clearer uh, enjoy the weekend please gamble responsibly from mike from john and from myself we'll talk to you next week on nfl only better <laughs>